0: Welcome into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I am Steven Serta. Thank you guys so much for joining us after another fantastic Chiefs win in the preseason. 3-0 in the preseason. Like uh, I don't think that means anything for the regular season, but you got to be happy about it. and You got to be happy with the way they look tonight opening the game and, and really throughout. Uh, there was a couple fumbles there at the end to make the score a little bit closer than it really was. Uh, I'm very happy to be joined by uh, one of our new contributors at Arrowhead Pride doing fantastic work for us. Rocky Magana. Rocky, what's going on, man? The The Chiefs look wow. fantastic tonight, right? The, the, the what a game. Off, yeah, Starting offense, you have to be thrilled with the way Patrick Mahomes and everybody looked in the first two series of the game tonight.
1: I mean – it was midseason form right off right out of the gate right i mean you know the sidearm passes the offensive line just being utter road graders and i mean that first play of the game they came out and just pushed the entire vikings defensive line to the right and just did whatever they wanted i mean it was it was beautiful
0: yeah it's you know after the last preseason game where patrick mahomes was a little off target little off cue and You know, McCole Hardman, there was the miscommunications and and the struggles there. And that's something Chiefs fans are obviously paying really close attention to. And, you know, they're nervous because McCole's getting thrust into that Sammy Watkins role this year. And we saw his snap count increase tonight. We saw him trotting out there with the starters. So you saw what you wanted to see from McCole Hardman. I know you still have your question marks about him headed into the regular season, but it's hard to come away from that football game and not be absolutely thrilled with the way the starting offense looked from Patrick Mahomes making an insane pass to Travis Kelsey that he looped around a defender. And then the touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill, which any other wide receiver, that's an overthrow. Like Tyreek Hill is just so much faster than everybody else. He was able to go grab that touchdown. Like, There's no way to come out of this preseason game and not be thrilled with the way the Chiefs look tonight, right?
1: No, I think 100%. I think that you saw also that with them thrusting McCole Hardman into that role, they're still going to manufacture touches to him. Even if he's not getting targets, they're going to hit him on a jet sweep or something like that. Um, And I think for Chiefs fans, it was just good to see that Tyreek's hammy is okay. I mean, I think that Patrick Mahomes obviously – He goes without saying, he really appreciates Tyreek Hill's speed. I mean, he just threw that ball out there where nobody else but him could get it and let Tyreek go go after it.
0: Yeah, Tyreek Hill had a 35-yard touchdown on the opening drive of the game for the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's hard to come away from this game thinking anything other than this is the best team in football, in my opinion. Like, it's preseason, I get that and you don't want to read too much into preseason. But, man, I've watched a lot of preseason football in my time. I've I, I've paid attention to a lot more preseason games from, fir- from first quarter to fourth quarter than I would really like to admit. And the Chiefs just look deep. They just look like they are a complete football team. And that is going to change once you get into the regular season and we start seeing them go up against other superstar caliber players and the game speed changes a little bit but there was ever any worry about the offense particularly it was the offensive line and mm-hmm. you have to be impressed with the offensive line too like starting three rookies and them being this good and even if you have question marks about their pass blocking The run blocking looks absolutely stellar. So Mm -hmm. that could add a whole dimension to this offense that we haven't seen since, I guess, 2018, right? Like, you know, Clyde didn't play tonight. Uh, Jarek McKinnon did and looked good in the reps that he got. He's obviously going to make the team and he's going to have a role in this offense moving forward. Uh, Daryl Williams did not play tonight either. Darwin Thompson got some looks. He's kind of on the roster bubble. We'll talk about him a little bit later in the show, but the Chiefs running game, I think, is going to be really good this year because that offensive line looks like even if you have question marks about their pass blocking, they're going to be able to be dominant in the run game, and that's going to open up a whole nother dimension in the passing game like the 2018 season when we saw this offense set records because mm-hmm. there's nothing you can do about it. It's yeah. okay. Yeah, you want, you want to try to you – want, you want to play deep and try to keep Patrick Mahomes from throwing all over you then we're just going to gash you in the run game because our offensive line is a bunch of maulers who can open up huge running lanes for guys like Clyde.
1: Yeah, I mean, it almost, I mean, not to speak sacrilege on the show, but it almost reminds you of some of Shanahan's Broncos offensive lines that he had where you just plug any running back in there, it seemed like, tonight, and they were going to be effective. Like, it didn't matter who it was. You could have, I mean, Gore looked looked like a superstar out there tonight i mean it didn't matter who it was the chiefs offensive line was opening up holes
0: yeah it's again i know it's the preseason but it's hard to come away from those first two series of this chiefs offense and think anything other than like this is a super bowl team again it 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 genuinely is because we were worried about the offensive line, and rightfully so. They didn't score a touchdown in the Super Bowl because the offensive line fell apart. They completely <laughs> rebuilt it. And as far as I'm concerned, every question mark that I had about the offensive line headed into the regular season has been answered so far. And, you know, Pat was a little off target last week, but you were never seriously concerned about Patrick Mahomes in this offense. Tyreek Hill didn't play last week. Obviously, Tyree Kill is a game changer. When he suits up for the Chiefs, and he did this this week, and immediately changed the game. Travis Kelsey even had the a nice catch off the ridiculous throw from Patrick Mahomes. Like you're absolutely thrilled about the way the offense looked, but this defense, man, this is—I was not prepared for the defense in the preseason. Like I, I was not prepared for how this defense has showed up in any way. I I had a lot of question marks on the defense. Obviously, we know Chris Jones is an incredible player. Frank Clark is kind of in a you-gotta-show-it-to-me type of Mm -hmm. year after Mm -hmm. last season. And obviously, they're going to be your two biggest threats. Jaron Reed's looked really impressive, but the defensive line just has playmakers. It doesn't matter if it's second string, third string, fourth string, whatever it is, like – they've got impact guys and they've got depth and i'm really impressed by that like they released taco Charlton earlier this week and i thought taco was going to be a significant player for them this season and they were like well we got turk wharton yeah jim ward we got mike dana we 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 got all these guys we got colin saunders who is all of a sudden becoming a player like their defensive line just looks like it's going to be a problem for the NFL. And I, I'm not I'm not expecting them to come out and be like the best pass rush or anything in the NFL, but they don't need to be when the offense is the best offense in the league. They just got to be good and they're going to be good. Like I, I feel confident headed into week one, September 12th against the Cleveland Browns right now that they're just going to be good. I, 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 it's hard to, not feel that way and maybe I'm overestimating the value of the preseason but the defense has been the most impressive part of the entire thing for me
1: well yeah and I think I mean tonight our defensive line looked awesome and looked amazing and Chris Jones was out I mean every single snap that Chris Jones has been on the field this preseason he has been an absolute wrecking ball and then you on top of that I don't know if Kalen Saunders just looks more stout this year. Like, he was a stout young man before, but he is as solid of a human. He's a thick as ball. He is, he's he a is, thick is ball. immovable he's right now. And I think you saw with Taco Charlton that, yeah, they they love their depth. You don't move on from a guy with an upside like Taco Charlton has unless you feel great about your Tim Warts or you feel great about your Mike Danis mm-hmm. or your Turk Whartons, you know. I mean, yeah. This is the deepest. This is the deepest defensive line that I've I can remember in a long time. I mean, maybe. I mean, going back to Jared Allen. I mean, really, like this is we haven't seen depth like this in a really long time as Chiefs fans.
0: It's a credit to Brett Veach and their scouting department and their talent evaluators that you know they've got depth there that we just didn't foresee. Like it, it, it's just something that know in the media right writers beat writers reporters whatever that was a question mark headed into mm-hmm. the season for, for all of us uh, i think outside of chris jones really because it's perfectly reasonable to have question marks about frank clark headed into this yeah. year we all know chris jones is a superstar but it was what else do you got and jaron reed has shown that he can be a impact player at the nfl level during his time with the seattle seahawks But he's kind of a run guy. Like, he's not – he does have a 10-sack season under his belt, but he's generally been a a more of a run-stuff type of player. It's just really impressive. Yeah, we didn't even mention Josh Kando and the play that he made tonight. Like, I just think that you have to come out of this preseason thinking that the most impressive part of this Chiefs team is not – The offense. It's not the offensive line. It's the defensive line. Yeah, I would. I would make the argument. The second most impressive part is the secondary. Like, uh, it's not what I expected in any way coming into this thing and getting ready for the regular season because the secondary has been impressive in itself too. And there's still question marks there. We're we're still figuring things out with Juan Thornhill. Like, why is Juan Thornhill not our starting safety? At Mm -hmm. this point, uh, over a guy like Daniel Sorensen, when we've seen, we saw last week the insanely athletic interception that he made. Like that's what we think Juan Thornhill's capable of, and he was still getting a lot of snaps with the second team tonight. Uh, We we still don't know exactly what's going on there. Steve Spagnuolo spoke a little bit this week about it was our goal to just get him snaps and and get him involved and try to get him back to where the point where we thought he was as a rookie and that was kind of the goal of the preseason. Well, they certainly did that. They got him snaps, but we'd obviously like to see him be a bigger contributor and and be a starter at some point, because that's what we thought he was going to be eventually. And the secondary Lacherius Sneed, just looks like he's going to be a superstar. (laughs) Like I'm not even, I'm not trying to be like a, a chief's Homer diehard or anything like that. It's just, I pay attention to every team in the NFL. I watch every team in the NFL at every opportunity that I can get. And when you watch this team, even in the preseason, you're just like, all right, there's just something different about this team than what I'm seeing when I watch other teams in the, in the preseason.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's one thing that you can usually bank on with the chiefs is that they're going to have a lead at some point and the other teams are gonna be playing from behind. And, if the chiefs past defense plays like it did tonight throughout the season, they're going to be a really hard team to beat because the other teams are going to be in and pass in, and you'll have to pass the ball over and over and over again to try to catch up. And Legarius Sneed wakes up in your hip pocket. Like he just rolls out of bed in the morning and he's on your hip. Like you go to work and he's just right there on your hip. Like he just does not leave your hip. He, he is a superstar.
0: Yeah. And, uh, we see a ton of you guys commenting. Um, we'll try to get to some of your comments at some point throughout the show. Uh, so keep sending them in. Uh, if you guys have any questions or curiosities about the chiefs heading to the regular season, uh, we're only a couple of weeks away from their home opener against the Cleveland Browns on September 12th. We'd be happy to try to get to those throughout the show. It's yeah. It, it's just hard not to be impressed with everything the Kansas city chiefs have done. Um, you know, that was something that we talked about on one of our Arrowhead Pride podcasts earlier this week, Show MBK, that we just wanted to see Mahomes do it. It's not that yeah. it, there's a question of whether or not he's capable or how special he is or what an incredible player he is. It was just, yeah, we just want to see it before the regular season. And he absolutely delivered tonight. So you have to be thrilled about that. That's that Those first two drives from the Kansas City Chiefs is literally all you can ask for in a preseason game. Yeah. It was everything that you could have hoped for. And half a quarter of action from your starting Kansas city chiefs offense. Uh McCole Hardman did kind of even out the snaps a little bit more with Demarcus Robinson mm-hmm. tonight. And so that's what you want to see, right? Because we know what Demarcus Robinson is. We, he's, yeah. he can make plays here and there, but he's kind of an inconsistent player and kind of always has been. For this team, uh, Dave Tobe even mentioned earlier this week that he drives him nuts as a return man and DeMarcus Robinson, I don't believe is like a special player or anything like that. But this season, you had to see McCall Hardman mm-hmm. out snap DeMarcus Robinson and take that role over in the offense. And we saw a little bit of that tonight, enough of it that it makes you happy or it should make you happy headed into the regular season, right?
1: Yeah, uh, I think, so DeMarcus Robinson is DeMarcus Robinson. Um, he's a guy who has a lot of athletic talent, but like you said, he's not consistent. You don't want DeMarcus Robinson being your number two wide receiver. I mean, just plain and simple. He can't be that number two wide receiver, but what he can be is your fourth wide receiver, your third wide receiver going against the number four cornerback or, you know, a third safety or something like that. That's a mismatch a lot of times, but demarcus robinson lined up on the outside you know uh, on a consistent basis he's just not he's not going to produce the results that you're looking for
0: yeah we, we we know the demarcus robinson story we've seen that before uh we we understand what they're going to get out of him McCole hardman is the wild card here for this yeah. chiefs season like on this offense it's I'm comfortable saying it's not the offensive line at this point. It is McCole Hardman. I'll dub him right mm-hmm. now the wild card for this chief season. I'm confident in Clyde. I know Clyde's a little banged yeah. up right now. I'm confident in Clyde running behind this offensive line and his ability to be productive. And I'm getting more confident in Jarek McKinnon. Like, Jarek yeah. McKinnon is going to carve out a role for himself on this team. He He absolutely is. We've seen him before in his time with Minnesota uh, be a legitimate contributor. And, you know, he his time with San Francisco was just riddled with injuries. He basically missed two full seasons because of injuries once he signed with the 49ers. But Jarek McKinnon, when he's been healthy, has been an NFL contributor and at times a, a playmaker for, for the teams that he's played for. And I think he's going to have a role in this offense. I I like Daryl Williams. I think the team really likes Daryl Williams, but I think the best case scenario for this team is that Clyde's a stud, and Jarek McKinnon is a passing down back when you need him to be. he can make plays that way.
1: Yeah, um, I think Jarek McKinnon's your prototypical third down back. Um, You know, yeah, I think Daryl Williams is that guy where you know, it's like it's like that friend that your parents are okay with you hanging out with on a weeknight. You know, like he's like it's that guy who has the trust. You know, but Jerry McKinnon, the, the guy's the guy's a stud. I mean, I'll be, I'll say right now, if if Clyde were to go down like he did last year, I'm not concerned at all with Jared McKinnon stepping in. You know, um, looking at Miko, I think it's kind of the same question with with Demarcus Robinson as well. For Hardman, can he be consistent? I mean, I think that like you said, that's the wild card is is he more consistent than is he as, or more consistent than DeMarcus Robinson? Can he be that guy that the chiefs need him to be?
0: Yeah. And I think he can be, I think he's got it in him. Uh, The biggest thing with McCall Hardman that I think we've seen so far in his young career is that with, when it comes to Kelsey and and Tyreek, and and you see this a lot with special players in the NFL that, that, When they get it, they get it. And the reason they're special, the reason that they get a lot of targets and a lot of looks is because the quarterback knows that dude's going to be where he needs Uh to be when he needs him to be there. And I think that's been a big issue with McCall Hardman with his route running, not being crisp enough, or, you know, he needs to go a little bit more up instead of over and and, and things Mm -hmm. like that. Like Tyree kill is a guy, Patrick Mahomes, He's always going to be there when he knows he needs him to be there. Travis Kelsey's always going to be in the spot that he needs him to be in. And that's the advantage you have of playing offense in the NFL as a quarterback, as a pass catcher, you know, where you're going, the defense doesn't. So the better you are at it, generally the more successful you are as an NFL player, that's been a problem for McCole Hardman. So that's where we have to see him improve this season. That's where he's got to take a, a big leap. And you know, the last preseason game where they're trying to force feed McCall Hardman didn't exactly make you feel confident <laughs> that he's taking that step. But at this point, all you can hope for is that he's just getting the snaps and the opportunities, and, and that's going to that's gonna come with the reps. And so I, I hope that is the case because I want to see McCall Hardman thrive. I, I want to see him be a playmaker for this team. I want to see him be a massive contributor. And I do think they took a step there tonight with – you know, him actually being kind of even in snaps with Demarcus Robinson, because there's a realistic opportunity, at least before this game, head into the year where Demarcus Robinson was like the second guy, not McColl Hardman. Tonight, you yeah. feel a little bit more confident that it could be McColl.
1: Well, listen, the Chiefs best case scenario is McColl Hardman being that guy. And I think McColl Hardman wants to be that guy. I mean, you listen to interviews and you see, you know, obviously the franchise. You know, it's it's a controlled you know message coming out from the team, but you see interviews with him on there, and you see a guy who seems eager to be the guy. Like he wants to be the guy. He wants he doesn't want to be the guy who you know drops the pass or anything like that. He wants to be the guy who is mentioned in the same in the same conversation as Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Like he wants he wants Chiefs fans to see him in that same light. I think. And so I do think he's, he has a long way to go until he gets there, and he still has to prove it by all means. But I think that the the willingness is there. And Miko Hardman being a reliable number two is much better than Demarcus Robinson or Byron Pringle. Have, got Us having to settle for them at number two, right? I mean, so the best-case scenario is Miko Hardman is a consistent number two wide receiver for the Chiefs.
0: We have to talk about Willie Gay before we get out of here tonight. Yeah. Um, Willie Gay has been another exclamation point for me this preseason, and it, and it's not necessarily that, you know, he's made like insane plays. It's just that like he's made himself noticeable at times in every game where. That athleticism that we saw as a rookie, that explosive athleticism that we've never really seen from a guy like Anthony Hitchens, uh, which I, I got to walk that back a little bit. Hitch is looking a little spry right now. We it slipped out of it. Yeah, Hitch has lost some weight. He's looking good. So I, I don't want to trash talk Anthony Hitchens uh, by Eddie Beads. But Willie Gay adds a level of athleticism to this chiefs linebacker chord that they haven't had since prime Derek Johnson, like to, to put it pretty simply, he's going to be a playmaker for this team. And, and, you know, Nick Bolton has looked impressive at times in the preseason too, and he's going to be a contributor this season and they have high hopes for him as a player. Willie gay is going to contribute heavily to this defense this year. And I'm really excited to see him continue to develop, to develop. And I hope that he continues to, to look as good as he's looking right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, you see, when you watch Willie Gay, you see a guy who's playing with more confidence Um, last year. Yeah. You saw this amazing athlete who was just kind of aimlessly running sideline to sideline on the field and chasing down the ball carrier and trying to make tackles from behind. And it was exciting to watch because you never saw a guy run like that at the linebacker position. But now you're seeing the guy who's processing the game, who knows where he needs to be, and he's using that athleticism to get to the point of attack and to make the play. Um, and I think you've really seen the buy-in from Willie Gay, even in the fourth quarter when the Chiefs were making their goal line stand, who was the guy that was on the sideline, you know, leading the cheering and trying to get the, the crowd going. You know, Willie Gay is really kind of stepping into, like, that his own there and kind of taking on a little bit of a leadership role I feel like which is something you got to love to see as a Chiefs fan because I think in seeing that you're seeing a guy who has confidence and a guy who who's feeling good about the way he's playing right now. Yeah.
0: And that was great to see on the goal line stand that like Willie Gay was one of the first guys like out on the field hyping the team up mm-hmm. and that's something that is contagious throughout the locker room throughout the organization. Like this team has fun and they're yeah. fun to watch and that's why they're easy to root for because Patrick Mahomes is on the sideline doing dances and stuff when he sees his dudes out there making plays and they're just a fun team to watch and all all of that stuff is absolutely contagious to everything that they do and it's apparent in everything that they do and you could see it right there with Willie Gay and so Willie Gay has clearly adopted the culture that the chiefs have in this locker room right now uh, we can't get out of here without talking about the chiefs going 14 personnel and how that means that they are locked in to four tight ends. like Jody Ford yeah. is absolutely making this team. Andy Reid doesn't throw the 14 personnel look out there on a touchdown that inevitably goes to Blake Bell without anticipating all four of those guys being on the regular season roster.
1: No, not at all. I mean, Andy Reid doesn't bust that out unless Andy Reid is planning on using it in the regular season. Yeah, Jody played the team, bro. Jody, you're on the team. Congratulations. I mean, because you need four tight ends to to, to run 14 personnel. And, I mean, it's not like you're going to be throwing Marcus Kemp in there and calling him a tight end, you know. And so, Jody, you did it congratulations, we believe in you. We can't wait to see what you're going to do this year.
0: Yes, Jody Fortson is on the team. That that play established that Jody Fortson did enough to make this football team. I don't think Andy Reid puts that out there that early in the game if Mm -hmm. he's concerned about them having to cut Jody on Tuesday.
1: Yeah, right, or or Pal or whoever. I mean, and honestly, as a Chiefs fan, I feel like I can take a little bit of a deep – a deep breath and just exhale now and say Jody made the team, you know, like I feel like we've been waiting for this for a few years and it's just that guy that you just, you want to root for and you just want to see him make it.
0: Well, and Jody Fortson is the fan favorite. He seems like the adopted son of the chief's kingdom right now, but my guy Doris fountain has to make this football. Mm. Too. Like, he absolutely has to. He's, Made plays in all three games. Like, literally, there is nothing you could ask for a bubble-wide receiver who's desperately just trying to get a ro- make, get a roster spot and get an opportunity in the NFL. You could not ask for more than what Derice Fountain has given you this preseason. He has been – I know Chiefs Kingdom loves Jody Fortson, and there's lots of reason to love Jody Fortson. Darius Fountain has been the highlight of the preseason for me. I am a huge Darius Fountain fan <laughs> – defo i need him to make this roster desperately it's i'm gonna be heartbroken come tuesday at 3 p.m arrowhead time if we find out that he got cut
1: i will be right along with you if he does i mean he defo looks like debo going across the middle and going up and making a play um he gets separation that's the thing if you look at it you know, if he's going across the middle, he has separation. He's if he's going through, down the seam, he has separation. The only time he doesn't have separation is when they're throwing a jump ball to him on the sidelines, and even then, even if the ball's in he's making a play on it. And I mean, this he's been the most he's he's been the most uh, remarkable looking wide receiver on the Chiefs roster so far this preseason. Like every single game, like you watch, guys. And you see him pop off the off the tape, right? You see him pop off the screen a little bit. And the guy pops. Like when he's jumping, he goes up with strong hands. He's a big bodied guy. He 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 just he looks good playing football.
0: Oh Marcus Kemp did have a pretty impressive touchdown catch. Well, Marcus Kemp was good playing football <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, and Marcus Kemp was one of those wide receivers who all throughout training camp we kept hearing, oh Marcus Kemp just keeps making plays. Every day. Yeah. like Marcus Kemp just keeps getting better and better. Marcus Kemp's making this team. And he had a fantastic touchdown grab tonight. I was happy to see him do that as well. It's I, – I think it has something to do with why this preseason has been so entertaining for the Chiefs for me is that, like, they're normally not this deep, right? Like, you yeah. normally we, – we see a lot of ugly football late in these games and you know Shane Bouchelle, who looked like he was in- incredible leading that game-winning drive uh you know a couple weeks ago or-, or last week or whatever it was he wasn't as good tonight but that's kind of what you expect from the third string quarterback yeah. uh but when you see Marcus Kemp do this when you see Darius Fountain do this when you see the defensive line when you see T- Tim Ward and all these guys continuing to make plays this late into the preseason like go around the NFL, go sit on an NFL network. And when they do that around the league uh, preseason football thing, where they jump around from different game to different game, when there's a bunch of games going on Saturday, by the time you get to the fourth quarter, they're pretty terrible games to watch. Mm-hmm. And the chiefs have made all of these games fun to watch. And so it's been easy to fall in love with some of these reserved players and inevitably, somebody's going to get their heart broken on Tuesday. But these guys are going to be guys that we see land somewhere else. So I'm happy for that opportunity for them. Uh, but I'm going to be absolutely furious if Darius Fountain does not make this football
1: team. Oh, I'll be absolutely furious with you. And I think with Marcus Kemp, I don't think, I think the only person who was more excited for Marcus Kemp to catch a touchdown than Marcus Kemp was, was Dave Toop. I mean, he he was over there. Every catch that Marcus Kemp made, Uncle Dave was over there slapping his helmet, giving him a high five. He's like, show these guys you can catch the ball because I need you. I need you, man. And, uh, so, and you,
0: even, you even tweeted out that, you know, Marcus Kemp's out there on special teams like, well, I, I know I can make the team doing this. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and that's what we're used to. But, like, getting that touchdown pass, I bet for a guy like Dave Tobe, that is – Awesome. I, I, I bet it's awesome to see a player who you've seen just work his tail off, get an opportunity like that and and make the most of it and, and be absolutely awesome in that in that opportunity and in that moment where he caught that touchdown pass. That's got to be an incredible feeling for for him as an individual. Uh, before we get out of here, I do have to ask you. Preseason's wrapped up. Chiefs are 3-0 in the preseason. There's a lot of questions we had coming into this preseason that I feel like have been answered in a big way. I mean, the most you could ask them to be answered in preseason NFL football. Rocky, what is your biggest question mark headed into the 2021 regular season as the Chiefs get ready to take on the Cleveland Browns in a couple of weeks?
1: Well, I think the biggest question mark is talking about the wide receivers is who are they going to keep? Like who is, who they, who can you not keep? First of all. And it's also, we see that we, the top three cornerbacks are pretty much written in stone. You know, you got, you got Ward Hughes and Sneed, right. But who's the number four cornerback, you know, did Deandre Baker do enough to get that number four spot? Is it Bo Pete Keys? Is it, is it Rashad Fenton? They all looked pretty good throughout preseason. So who's that number four cornerback that you got? Um, and and then you know then, then again, like what's up with Juan Thornhill? Is he going to be able cause like honestly, Dan Sorensen is great. Dan Sorensen's dirty Dan. He's that fan favorite, you know, workman type of player. But kind of like the best case scenario is Micole Hardman being a reliable number two. The best case scenario is Tyron Matthew and Juan Thornhill on the field at the best time at the same time, and them being the two starting safeties, right? And so I mean, those are really kind of the, the, the biggest questions that I have heading into the season, but all that being said, we're going to go 17 and zero. I mean, I just feel it. I, I, how do we not go 17? All right. All right. All right. Uh, right.
0: I'm not going to say that. Um, but I appreciate that you're willing to put it out there. Uh, I do agree with you. I, I still think that this secondary is the biggest question mark that I have. Um, I actually really like Rashad Fenton. I think Rashad Fenton has been a really good player for the Kansas State Chiefs when he's uh-huh. healthy. Uh, obviously, Ward and Snead are locked into their roles in that team. Juan Thornhill, we got to see it, and hopefully that gets figured out because we know that he can be a special player if he's healthy and he's good to go. Uh, but Mike Hughes and DeAndre Baker are the guys that, like, my eyes are on you guys now as we get yeah. into the regular season, because inevitably one of those two players is going to have to have a role in the secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I do think that Rashad Fenton's probably closer to being that third cornerback. Uh, but I think at some point this year, we're going to see Mike Hughes and DeAndre Baker have to step in and have a role in this defense. So I, I am curious about that. And you know, we talked about it a little bit before the show, this chief's team almost feels like it's more complete than they were last yeah. like you know in 2018 and 2019, there was question marks about the defense and, and some holes and they obviously improved and made big steps, you know, winning a Super Bowl and then going to another Super Bowl on the defensive side of the football. But headed into this season, I'm looking up and down the roster and I'm watching all of this preseason film and game tape. And I'm like, okay, where's the hole here? Like where's the hole on this roster? Because the defense has looked like it's a top five defense in the NFL. I think they're more of like a fringe top 10 defense, but they've looked spectacular. The offensive line has been spectacular. And you know that a Patrick Mahomes led offense is a a locked in top five offense. So where are the holes on this roster headed into the regular season?
1: You know, I I, I don't know um, because going into 2019, we said if we just don't have the worst defense in the NFL, then we're going to win the Super Bowl, and we didn't have the worst defense in the NFL, and we won the Super Bowl, but it wasn't a top 10 defense by any means. You know what I mean? Um, and then last year we thought that we had a pretty good squad, and then we got in the Super Bowl. You know, offensive line issues, whatever, but then those seem to be hundred percent short up as well. So you take having a possible top 10 defense and this amazing offensive line that they've put together overnight. And the two things that we've kind of been struggling with as chiefs fans of, you know, what could hold us back are both taken care of. So, I mean, are the chiefs, their own biggest enemy at this point? Like as long as the chiefs take care of business on a weekly basis the only people who can beat the Chiefs at the Chiefs.
0: I I love that point, and and I love that you mentioned that because, to me, last season it was apparent during the regular season that the Chiefs did not care about the regular season. Like yeah. at times, you could see that like they were just so much better than everybody else that uh, we can kind of sleepwalk through games and still win these games. And obviously, they could because yeah. they were that talented and they made it to another Super Bowl. It just kind of fell apart, and you can't plan for injuries. It's Mm -hmm. an unforeseen thing that you can't do anything about. You just got to keep playing and hope it works out. So there was nothing you could ever do about that. But there's going to be a new focus this season, I would have to assume, the way last season ended, not winning a Super Bowl and not even scoring a touchdown in the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I don't think that that team puts the blame on the offensive line the way a lot of fans do, because I think they just think we didn't do enough. We we, we didn't yeah. play enough because we're not going to hang our guys out to dry. They got put in a bad situation and we didn't do enough to win that football game. There seems like there's a new level of focus headed into this regular season and it might be the best Patrick Mahomes led team Yeah. In the Andy Reid era, like like there's legitimate reason to be excited about it. And I'm usually not this guy. I This is not usually how I act and, and how I treat this football team. I, I try to have a little bit of perspective and I pay attention to every team across the league. But that being said, me paying attention to every team across the league, I'm not seeing a lot of teams that look like the Chiefs, like they, they, they just look like. They are loaded top to bottom, and they just look like they're the best team in football again. And, and so there's a lot of reason to be really excited about that.
1: Well, yeah, and like you said, last, I mean, last regular season they fell asleep at times and they were just sleepwalking through it. Um, and the, the, the worst thing that could happen for the rest of the NFL is for Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and the rest of the Chiefs players to wake up and get locked in to get smacked in the face in the Super Bowl and get, you know, not not I don't want to say humiliated, but it was it was a pretty embarrassing loss in the Super Bowl and for that to happen on a national stage like that, I think I mean I think it's I think it was a wake up call and I think that, you know, you see in the movies all the time, you know, the champ gets knocked down and then he gets back up and then all of a sudden he's just, you know, angry and just goes at it, you know, with everything he has and just obliterates everything. I feel like that's what's going to happen this year. I feel like Patrick Mahomes and the rest of the Chiefs team are on a mission. I feel like there's a mission and a goal this year that they thought they were the best last year and they got knocked off their perch. And now they're, they're determined to take that perch back.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, He's Rocky Magana. Uh, Please follow him on Twitter at Rocky Magana. And if you haven't checked out his work at Arrowhead pride, the seller dweller, chiefs team series that he is doing is absolutely fantastic for any diehard uh chiefs fan taking a deep dive through some of the worst teams in in chiefs history i don't envy your research on that project but it is absolutely commendable uh what you're doing your work is fantastic so please follow him and check out everything that he is writing and doing at arrowhead pride uh please follow me as well I'm at Steven Serta. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. We weren't able to bring you the press conferences tonight in the live stream, but we will have those tacked on to the end of the podcast as soon as we get that posted here after the show. So thank you guys so much for joining us. And we're going to talk to you in a couple of weeks. Well, we'll talk to you actually on Monday for the Arrowhead drive with Pete Sweeney. So make sure you listen to that, but we've only got two more weeks. Till Chiefs regular season football, till they open things up at Arrowhead Stadium against the Cleveland Browns. I can't wait. I'm juiced. I know Rocky's juice. Thank you guys so much. Yes. Thank you guys so much for listening and joining us tonight. We'll talk to you soon. Did you guys think I forgot about you? Did you think that I forgot about the Chiefs press conferences? Well, I didn't. Andy Reid spoke to the media after the Chiefs game, as well as Patrick Mahomes, as well as Willie Gay Jr. and wide receiver Marcus Kemp. So stick around because you're going to hear it right now.
2: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. 29.com.
3: The, the guys that were supposed to play, played. And, um, Hilaire and Williams, Blythe, uh, Clark, um, Larry Tardif, and Fenton did not play. All right, Everybody else played. I thought they did a, did a nice job. Heck of a job. Um, I thought both sides of the ball and special teams did well. It was good to get the young guys in. They got... They some extended play there, and I thought that was good for him. Um, it gives Brad an opportunity to go back and evaluate uh, one more time on some of those guys that he's got tough decisions on. So, um, but I sure, appreciate the effort of him. Anyways, with that time yours. Why not, uh, Chad? Yeah, Chad's Chad had, enough, had enough reps and I wanted to, I wanted to get the young kids some, you know, some good extended play time. And, and, uh, where he wasn't rotating with Gordon and, and uh, that it allowed us to do that Sure, yeah, so we'll take a couple days off here um, for the players um, It'll give Brad time to kind of organize and get ready. We'll come back in a couple days and um, You know have a short practice and lift and work out and then we'll have three practices and we'll they get three days off at the end of it. So I mean everybody in the league does. So that's uh that's kinda of the format of it. Well, that, to that extent, coach, obviously, with the new vibe, what's it gonna look like up the the Yeah, we'll be all right. I mean the guys all have good energy. They finished here with that and they know that they've got a good football team coming in here in Cleveland, so you don't have to say a whole lot. Um they, they they know what's ahead of them.
4: Just forecast is an increasing coordinate problem. What was kind of the disconnect early in his career?
3: Yeah, I don't I don't know that. Um I, I know he's done a nice job, so um it's you know, good to get him in and get him some work, you know.
5: And
6: you talked about how deep the tight end group talks about how deep the tight end group uh you had a chance to where he put off work, had to, you know, you
3: had to do that no, I told him that. I mean, I'm not sure since we've been here that we've had, you know, four guys like that. So, um, that are all you know, good football players. So, we throw them out there, you know, give them a shot. They're all excited. And, uh, yeah, it looked all right. Could you talk about the offensive line and obviously the new addition of all five, the first two drives, I mean, all five of the Yeah, listen, I I just think the more he plays with them, the better, and I thought it was an important week this week for him to have a chance to get some reps in against who I think is one of the best defense coordinators in the National Football League. I mean, you know, Zim has been doing a long time, and he's got experienced guys over there um, as coaches, and they give you they're going to be disciplined with what they do. So I thought it was good good to get in and have them get some reps there. right How
5: long became really question mark. What has Lucas done
3: today sort of buy that now? Yeah, well, we're bl- – I mean, we've got, we've got a handful of guys plus some, you know, maybe two handfuls um, that, that we feel are pretty good players. Uh, but listen, he's gotten better every week. I mean, you got to give him credit for that. I'll, I'll go back and look at this, as Andy Heck will. And, We'll just see how you know, see how he did, but you know, he's, he's had a good camp and he's had good downs when he's played. So yeah. because of first half. these masks, I normally could read your lips. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even tell where it's coming from.
1: <laughs>
3: well, yeah, I, I knew going in that we had enough reps what I thought were enough reps um, so strictly how the comfort I felt that the offense had working together and the defense had working together so um, and then I could pull the trigger when I needed mm-hmm. to pull it you know so and get them out of there but I thought what well, we did we had long drives um, some good work and we already had enough snaps What works well, I knew the number compared to what we've done in the past. Yeah, I've, so. Like you, I've been doing this a couple of years. So I kind of <laughs> have a feel on where we're at and what we need. Um, time will tell, obviously. Um, How about changing shells
5: preseason?
3: season. Like he's got a future. Yeah, no, he, um, listen, Mike and EB have done a good job with him, just getting him ready, and um, he, he he does a you know, he does a nice job. He's a gamer and he like I've been I've been impressed with him. So he doesn't get down on himself. If he's got a bad play, he comes back with normally with a good play and, and he'll keep learning. That's why you know, I thought this the time that we could give him in this game I thought was important. No, he he called, yeah. yeah so i mean I've, I've mentioned this before i mean he's called all along i just now get rid of things so you guys can see that he's calling <laughs> you know but i mean i've got to like feed it so i'm feeding it to you um because nobody believes me so but that's uh I, I mean you know he did a heck of a job with it so, well, so Mayor Lucas today, Mayor, this yes, yes. Yeah. When you think those your career and all the that, what is Teresa's legacy to you? Well, we, we're we both in the Forkedarian Club. So, in other words, we like to eat. And um, so we, we talked about that. Um, and, you know, I just, I like the guy. I mean, I like his disposition like you guys did. I mean, you can't help but like him. So, I mean, it's a sad deal that happened, but. I know he's in a good place, and he's probably writing about all you guys in, up there right now. So he's a, he's a heck of a person. Last one. and just wanted to ask you, where has Marcus camp progressed on the
1: office,
4: where
3: he had it earlier, just what are your thoughts on the depth of the office? Yeah. So Marcus, um, good special teams player, good receiver. He had a real good camp. Um, like he did before he got hurt year so um, he's done well the progress in the offensive line I liked what I saw tonight I'm, I'm curious to see the tape see where we're at um, you know I, I like what I seen so far I like the depth too I mean, we've got guys that have, have played in there Nate so we, we just it's just not the five all right
5: thank you okay good yeah, for, I mean, for sure. I mean, it's gotten better each and every week. I think they've had an amazing preseason. I haven't got hit a lot. Um, I don't think I really got touched today, and that just speaks to them and uh, how they've been playing. Uh, they've done a great job, and they're getting better each and every week, so I'm excited for the season. What can you tell from the first game in San Francisco now that you've seen where there's
4: better progress
5: between the offensive line? Just what have Yeah, I think it just comes with the, the communication, uh, everybody being on the same page. I mean, obviously, they're all really talented. I mean, that, that, that you can see that at practice. You can see that when they're doing one-on-ones, whatever it is. But as you kind of gel as an offensive line with the quarterback, with the whole entire offense, when everybody's on the exact same page is when you get those truly great offensive lines and, tr- and great offenses. And so uh, I think you see as games are going on, we're communicating better and better, and I think we'll continue to improve uh, throughout the season. I think it was more um, not necessarily game planning. We didn't really change the script, I guess you'd say, but we we went through kind of that pregame mock game week. I think that's been the biggest thing. So you went, you had all the cut ups, you had, you watched all the you got a couple of preseason games that they had already played, um, and you kind of went through that routine that I've I've kind of built. And I think just having that, um, as well as going against the defense and then kind of playing a little bit of a scout team defense, it, it showed that we came out a little bit faster, a little bit more crisp, and uh, we're able to move the ball well. That second plus, uh, it looked like you- how flexible can this offense be if you do keep your tight ends? Yeah, it's uh it, it's definitely like I, I talked about I think at the lunch end, we can be very flexible. We can put all receivers on the field, we can put all tight ends on the field, uh, kind of whatever it is. And so uh be able to do that in this league, you wanna be flexible, you wanna be able to throw change ups at the defenses. And uh, uh, we got all the tight ends out there, and uh, it, it, it turned out into a touchdown. Don't tell the receivers, but uh, it was a touchdown. Have you watched the top
3: 100
5: this year? I haven't watched it a lot, uh, but, uh, I mean, I always, you always stay tuned. You kind of see some stuff. Um, I think I mean, we've, had, we've got a couple guys on there. I, I, I still think Tyron and, and Chris Jones deserve more respect than they did. Um, I mean, you literally can't block Chris, and Tyron's such a smart, uh, great player. So, um, it's, 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 on, it's an honor to be on that list in general, especially when it's voted on by the players and kind of the, the media around the players. And so uh, it's, uh, it's definitely a, a cool feeling, but uh, hopefully we can keep getting those guys up as their careers go on. Yeah, well, I think that having those tight ends on the field, that can run and they I mean, can run block and they can catch. And then the offensive line that we've, we've built here and how they've been able to really run the ball. I think it's going to put defenses in some very, very tough positions because they have to either put a lot of big people on the field to stop the run, or they have to they have to find a way to, to stop those guys like uh, Noah, Blake, Travis, and Jody who can all catch the ball uh, like a receiver. So it was kind of a rollout play that uh, we that we usually run. We actually had a couple in. Uh, not trying to give away any, too, too many secrets, but uh, we had a couple plays in, and we were able to run that play. And the, the edge played pretty good defense. I kind of put his own coverage, and uh, that last read was was kind of Blake kind of blocking down, sealing the edge, and then kind of leaking back out. And I uh, uh, threw a ball a little low, and he showed off the hands and made a made a good play on it. You wouldn't uh, thought he was a former quarterback for sure. Yeah, I think it was important to me. I mean, obviously, coming off injury, you want to go out there and make sure everything's good. Um, and I was able to do that. I was able to move around. I was able to do kind of the stuff that I've always been accustomed to doing. Um, and then, you, then building that relationship kind of like I talked about the offensive line. I mean, in practice, you you, you think you, you're building it and doing that stuff, but until you really try it out in a game situation where stuff's moving fast, there's crowds, um, it's loud. We had two uh, away games. And then, obviously, here, here at Arrowhead. So, I mean, it, it's definitely – Good to get out there with the offensive line, kind of go through that adversity and have to find ways to to kind of battle through. No, it it didn't. I mean, it's 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 truly remarkable to be be here and be able to play in this in this stadium. I have this crowd. Um, And to to have it back, I think you—I don't want to say you take it for granted uh, a couple years back, but you had been used to kind of being in the stadium with the crowd and selling out and being loud. And to be back here again after a year of not having fans, it's definitely a a good feeling. I can't wait for that opening day. I know it's going to be crazy. Yeah, I think um, his legacy will be one of uh, obviously a great journalist, a great a great writer, someone that truly understood the game, but an uh, even better person. And I think that I think y'all all know that. I see all, all juice team shirts on. Um, but I mean, he was the the, the guy that broke my my foundation and stuff like that because I trusted that he was going to put it uh, in the right way and get the best out of it. And and when you have trust in a guy like that, uh, it's, uh, it's a it's a it's a great feeling to, to know
3: you knew a guy like that uh in, in in whatever his
5: life
4: was all right thank you it felt great man uh, to be out there again you know the past two weeks you know um like i said last week uh it's been a long time since i've been in a real game a real game so to be out there again you know two weeks in a row no matter how long we play it's it's a great feeling Oh yeah, and um, you know, I'm to the point now mentally where I see the same thing I see in practice and you know, I know that's come with come with time and uh repetition, so it's definitely helping a lot. Without well, a a a final preseason game obviously as like,
2: sort of like a tune up mm-hmm. for the regular season.
5: How do you how do you think your your performance was and also overall defensively to help you make you send it to work
4: with I think we're doing pretty good, man. Um, of course, you know, it can be perfect, uh, but you can, you know, you shoot forward and each and every week learn from any mistakes you made and uh, just, you know, keep getting better. You know, every, we in the NFL, so everybody's going to get yards. Everybody's going to score here and there. So you just got to fix your mistakes when you can and, and fix it for the next week. Uh, I really, like I was telling a lot of people over training camp, they asked me about you know, me knowing the scheme, I did my job and play came right to me, really, man. It's, you know, and I broke on it and it was a perfect play. Steve's got a jokes
6: about how and stuff, and stuff like that,
5: especially during training. You really like feel like you can get, get the right fit. playing the other team and being able to deal with it like that. What does that do
4: for you ahead of like, your confidence and whatnot? Ahead of the team? Oh, it definitely helps, man, you know, to get some action, you know, whether it's a tackle in the hole or, it can be something simple as a pass breakup. You know, uh, just be in the game, doing what you're doing, and you know, being able to make a play because you're doing what you're supposed to is, uh, you know, it's, it lets you know you're doing, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. So. Oh, uh, he definitely started way faster than I did last year, man. Uh, you know, with the reps, and I feel like he, he's smart. You know, he's real smart. And, you know, of course, he's athletic, but to be as on a level mentally as he is, you know, it's, it's fun to watch him.
3: I, I, you just feel so comfortable
5: right now as far as the scheme and whatnot. And just thinking back to
4: last year, I know we've actually had this a lot, but just how much better do you feel about the year that you could possibly have knowing that you're finally really comfortable with everything that's going on? Oh, yeah, man. I look at it just like, you know, like college, you know, freshman year. I wasn't you know, come in, you know, you're learning everything year two rolls around and now you're ready to play football, you know, and not looking forward, you know, into the future, but year three going to be even better, you know, so just keep stacking and keep learning each and every day. Oh uh, yeah, man, we really just know what we want to get better at, you know, from last season, you know, some things that we didn't do so well, Coming into this season, you know, we made, a, we made a promise to ourselves to be better at the things we didn't do well and to get better at the things that we did do well, you know. So to perform, you know, at, at the level that we did the last two games, whether it's preseason, not one-half, one-quarter, you, know, you know, it lets us know that we're on the right track. Just keep getting better.
5: Okay, yes. Thanks, Willie. Thanks, thank,
6: thank you. I'm in there playing cover two, which they had played, you know, for most of that drive, it seemed like. Um, so my route is designed to beat that coverage and so I went right up the middle and he had a great throw, great pass, and I caught it, scored. So that's how it went.
1: of
5: So
6: when I First, entered the league. I knew that was probably my best chance at staying on the team, staying on team, being um, an undrafted rookie. Um, So I kind of took that mindset every year. You know, this is my fifth year now, but I still come in like I'm an undrafted rookie, where that's my best chance to make the team. That's that's how I'm going to help. And then, as far as the receiver development, I mean, when you're around guys like Tyree, Travis, D. Rob, all the all. All the pass catchers, you kind of have no choice but to get better, you know. So everybody's great, and and obviously with Patrick throwing you the ball, you kind of (laughs) find ways to succeed. So I think with that, that just comes with, you know, being around such a great team for so long. And special teams, you know, I I pride myself on, you know, making the squad, being one of those guys and and having success that way as well.
3: Marcus, when you're so late last year, year
5: in Miami, Kind of new with the new organization. How possible did something like this,
3: returning to the old team, feel and on the cusp making the roster when you were, were down there it never seemed like a
6: possibility that you got? Uh, no, I mean I wasn't thinking that far ahead. Obviously, you're taking it one day at a time. At that point, um, I didn't think I was going to be here. If I'm being honest, you know, I, I had moved on or I thought I had um, to a new team and and I was prepared to you know be there or be somewhere else wherever I ended up. And so when I got a call to come back, I was very excited for. You know what seemed to be a new opportunity to come back and prove myself again. Um, So I couldn't say that I foreseen that I would be you know here at this point but you know when I got the call I knew I had a chance at at doing something like this. I (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where it came from I'll be honest I just you know you make a play and some things just come out of you you know so. And now I guess I've done it twice, so it seems to be my new thing. And uh, the guys on the sideline like to make fun of it a little bit. But I mean, hey, imitation is the, is the best form of flattery, right? So I like to see it as well.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: I think just with the body... Like mine, that's kind of what the role, you know, gets pushed upon you. Um, I don't see it like I'm, I'm. that's the only thing I can do. That's not what I'm coming in as. I'm just trying to be the best receiver I can be. Um, but if that's the role I, I have on the team, if that's what they need me to do and that's what I need to do. So I, whatever I can do to help the team is, is what I'm trying to be the best at. You got a reputation
3: amongst the other guys in the wide receiver
6: Yeah, I mean, I I got a lot of help from the vets when I first came in. Chris Conley specifically was was a big one. Um, You know, he helped me with the offense. Albert Wilson was big, and and Tyreek and D-Rob, they were here as well, and they helped me through it. So I think those guys, the older guys when I first came in, kind of showed me what a vet should do for those young guys and how to help, because we all want everybody to succeed. I know we're all competing for these you know, five, six jobs on this team, but I want to see them do well, whether it's here or somewhere else. You know? So as much as I can help them get better and, and hopefully stick here or somewhere else, then, then I want to do that as well. Eventually I'm going to stop playing, and if they're younger than me, they might keep playing so I can help them you know, develop further along. I think I I'll prove something to myself. I mean, coming off that injury last year and and having an opportunity to play last year and and work through that season um, with the unknowns of how my knee was going to hold up and and all that. I think put something in my in my mind about you know, being able to come back and be where I thought I was before that injury, which I thought I was playing pretty well. So I think you know it, I'll be able to prove myself that you know I have come back. I've, I've put that injury in the past and and I'm moving forward to be the best player, football player, special teams, offense, whatever it is that I can be.
5: Marcus,
2: so you have a great camp, great preseason. How did it feel to finish strong
6: in your <laughs> in the public, like teams, offense? It, it was a, it's, it's a good feeling, you know, to, to cap it off. And, you know, I feel like I've, I've made a few of those plays in, in training camp, so it just feels like kind of one of those days, you know, just, just another, <laughs> I don't want to say another, you know, walking the park, but it's just one of those, you know, days that, I, that I've had going on. And my family got to be here, my parents are here, and then my two children and my wife are here. So for them to see that and come, I, I think they might be my good luck charm. And, and so for them to come and see that is really special, more special to me. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.